Hello, hello. My name is April Malone, and I'm with Yes, I Work From Home, and this is the podcast. Today, I have Adam Weber with us. He is the founder and a developer of a podcast app called Callcast. Did I get that right, Adam? Yeah, you're off to a good start. All right. Good. Take it away. Why don't you tell us what you do, where you are? Yeah, what so you're up to. absolutely. So a little backstory on me is um, I now work from home since coronavirus hit, and um, I have been developing with my team an app for podcasters and anyone who wants to record, edit, and publish a podcast right from their phone, um, callcast.co is a solution to try and handle that studio little podcaster for anyone who's on, like a podcaster on the go. Um, and really the mission behind it was to make it really easy for anyone to connect and record a podcast and just take out all the difficulties of how to get guests on your show. Um, and part of that was, um, one, just my love of story and connecting with people. And two, my dad wanted to record a podcast and he lives in an entirely different state than I do. And so I got on Mm -hmm. a call with him. Um, this was a couple of years ago now, and I was trying to tell him, go to this browser and download this software. And it was a total nightmare for him. And he eventually just kind of gave up because, mm. you know, it was just a frustrating experience then. I think the, the podcasting world has evolved a lot within the last one to two years. It's come a long way. Um, right. And especially, you know, on this topic of working from home, you know, more people um, are wanting to connect and wanting to, mm-hmm. um, you know, record stories with each other as they're going through these crazy times. And I think with Zoom and stuff like that, people are become more comfortable just kind of connecting like we are right now, where you're doing these video calls because people are experiencing this style of work from home when they're connecting with their coworkers and having Zoom meetings and conferences and stuff like that. So the world within the last year has accelerated in ways in which we're um, meeting each other, connecting with each other. I met you on doing another podcast, right? And, and yeah, we, of... I got to try out your, your app. It was pretty painless. I just yeah. installed it. You sent me the, the connection and we just went for it. Yeah. So the idea was to make it multiple ways to record. One was phone calls. And that's just like a dead simple way for anyone to record a podcast with each other. So one option is I could have sent you a phone number said, call this Mm -hmm. phone number and we'll record. Another is if you download the app, you kind of get more of the um, quality of going the VoIP route, somewhere like Skype or Zoom or something like that. So your podcast theme is fear. Can you talk about how you landed on that? I talked with you for 45 minutes about, I don't know how long we went, but it was a while about fear. And it was really interesting because it conjured up some stories that I hadn't even thought about for 45 or 45 years, (laughs) for 15 years. (laughs) Yeah, I loved your story. Um, And imagining you in a plane as a young girl, like doing these loop-de-loops and stuff like that. That was such a (laughs) wild and cool story that I think, you know, a lot of kids don't have never experienced that. Um, So it's so unique. Uh, So Adam, you are doing 365 interviews in one year. Yeah, one new person every day was my goal. And um, the idea was, um, it was about to be New Year's and I had been working on this app uh, with my team and not releasing it. Um, You and I have spoke previously Um, about perfectionism, right? And getting caught in anytime. I think a lot of people who are creating anything, whether it's a podcast 
or artwork or music or whatever it might be that you're creating, um, an entrepreneur building something, um, you have to put it out into the world, but you also don't want that criticism that the world has, right? And it doesn't work for yeah. people and they get angry or you just feel like you're letting people down or you don't want it to reflect badly on you. So you hold it close and you keep working on it. Um, and you always find one thing that you could make a little better, right? And so for me, it was like, I'm going to draw a line in the sand and New Year's, um, we're coming up on New Year's, you know? So it's like, again, so it's like a opportunity for anyone to take on a challenge and say, you know what, I'm going to try something new and give myself permission to do something. And so for me, it became a definitive moment when I could push something out into the world. And then with doing so, um, I'm a true believer where if you are going to build something like a product or an app and put it out into the world, you should really use it to the extreme so you can know it in and out. And so for me, it was mm -hmm. putting this app out into the world for anyone to make a podcast, but then I'm going to challenge myself to know what would it be like to make a podcast every single day with a new person and push that out into the world. And so if I can do it and not have it take over my life or become this, you know, difficult thing, uh, then I can deliver on that promise to other people also, right? So I'm really eating my own dog food, so they say, right? So it's <laughs> like, um, if it works, then I'll know. And, and also I'll be able to empathize with my users more, like where are the pain points mm -hmm. um, and put myself in their shoes. Even like, what's it like inviting a guest onto your show and will they show up or will they not show up? And like all those kind of hurdles that you have to deal with and what does it feel like when your guests doesn't show up, you know, does it, do I take it personally? And like, you know, it does it say something about me or can I just let it roll off my back and be like, you know what, there's other people out there who are willing to talk and moving forward. So it just, the more I can understand like what it feels like to be a podcaster and go through that journey, um, the better mm -hmm. I can serve other people and help them with their journeys. Have you had anyone ghost you? Have you been able to get your goal of it once every day? I've never missed a day yet, and I've been ghosted so many times, right? It happens oh, no. more often than you think. But really what I had and, – and what's interesting is you learn the lessons through the, through, um, through the way, right? So like I would stop scheduling people so late in the day. I would only mm -hmm. schedule up until a certain point in the day. That way if I did get ghosted, I have more time to find somebody and the pre mm -hmm. it takes pressure off me. And if you take pressure off you, then you don't leak that negative energy out onto other people, right? So like, yeah. um, especially when it comes, you know, talking, working from home, right? So it's like, I've been ghosted and then my poor wife would have to get my stress because I'm scrambling to find a guest and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you just keep the energy around you, better energy? Well, just do a, a little better planning, right? So like, <laughs> if I haven't, and then it comes into like, um, really confirming with people the day before, you know, that's what one of the things my wife told me, well, why don't you start, I would schedule someone and I'd be like, well, every time I schedule something, I, you know, I try to be always be true to my word. I'm going to show up. If I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. So why wouldn't other people be the same way? Right. And so yeah. I you come to find out it's just not the way the world works. So my wife would say, yep. start, start confirming with people the day before. And lo and mm -hmm. behold, I started, I listened to her confirm the day before and the amount of people then that would not ghost me went up by like, you know, it improved my, my rate of people showing up by like 80%, 90%. It was oh, like, wow. yep. because I think, you know, she pointed out that 
a lot of people are doing podcasting for the first time. So they might get nervous mm -hmm. or they might have forgotten. And then you're reminding yeah. them like right before their podcast, they're more like, wait a minute, what did I sign up for? Whereas if you remind someone the day before, they can mentally prepare and be open and willing then to show up. Right. And be home, <laughs> ready to record. Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I've had that a few times where I'm like, I don't want to like be that person and, you know, maybe not be trusting that they can. But then again, as a busy mom, uh, I definitely like I'm the person who used to send multiple reminders on my phone for everything or I will totally, you know, brain scramble and, you know, be across town or helping a kid <laughs> and, and not. I think we give grace to ourselves or to one another more than we do for ourselves sometimes. But yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a that's a really good point, and and I think it becomes a, a valuable lesson. And if we can have that opportunity to remind ourselves to treat ourselves with more compassion with whatever it is, mm -hmm. and not beat up on ourselves, and not take things personally, um, it, it frees things up. Like it takes weights off your own shoulders. Right. How did you determine your theme, though? You went you went with fear. <laughs> So the, the theme was sort of easy for me because, um, one, it was something I was personally wrestling with, right? Not releasing the app because of fear. I hadn't yet, mm -hmm. even though I was building a, a, a podcasting app and I love podcasts, right? I grew up listening to uh, public radio and always like mm -hmm. loving stories of like that human existence kind of stories of what brings us together. Yeah, I loved I loved this American life. I grew up on it since I was a kid, mm -hmm. right? It's so mm -hmm. old, so ancient. Uh, Stuff you should know. That's our favorite. And, and so, um, and so, but I had yet to record actually even my first episode because it feels scary to record even a podcast and stuff, right? So there was all this fear, whether it was the entrepreneurial journey that I have been on for a long time, um, or putting, you know, stuff out into the world, just overthinking things and taking, you know, 10 times longer than probably what needed to be. Like what you learn is once Great. you do something, you learn that, wow, that first episode, like if I had only done that a few months earlier, I would have been way farther along on my journey of where I am now. And so mm -hmm. many times we spend more time than necessary over preparing and over, you know, like, oh, I got to get the right microphone. I got to get the right this. I got to get the right that. And it's just at the end of the day, like those things can come and you can add on to those things. But if you're trying to make everything perfect on your first episode, you'll find out nothing's always perfect. And like just you told me the other day how like you tried to go Facebook Live and you tried to do all this and things go wrong. It's just going to happen. Right. So you mentioned perfect you you said the word perfect and we were talking about perfectionism i think a lot of people that say i'm i'm really bad about procrastinating but that really is probably another way to say i'm a perfectionist but you're saying the reason that you're procrastinating and you're a perfectionist is because of the fears that you have what kind of fears were, do you feel like you were wrestling with oh i'm not good enough you know i'm going to be judged i'm i'm going to look stupid mm -hmm. um you know, I'm just, uh, you know, I, it's going to fail and people won't like it. Therefore, I got to just make it like perfect, perfect, perfect. Or it just needs this one more feature or it's, it, you know, to be vulnerable and put yourself out into the world by just talking on a show like this, you know, it's, it can be scary. Mm -hmm. But then I find once you accept the call and that's what I, I was so grateful for you the other day, 
because when I reached out to you, you had like 10 minutes to prepare and you're like, okay, let's do this. And you hopped on, right? And and I feel like when we live life with a little bit of that spontaneity and willingness to just jump feet first into something, the magic of life returns, the freeness of life returns, and you just, wow, this feels good to be doing something. Whether it right. fails or you look, you know, you say something silly or stupid, it doesn't really matter in the end. Like, again, back to what you mentioned earlier, we're our own harshest critic, right? And we give other people you know, we give other people more leniencies than we do ourselves. And so um, for me, fear was an easy topic because it just was so many things of what was holding me back in life had to do with fear. Um, and then the other, the other component, just to finish up on that thought, the other component was I felt like I could do 365 podcasts with one new person every day because I felt like fear was a topic that is so universal that all of us have to walk that walk and no one else can do it for us but ourselves. And so there were people out there willing to share that story and just tell me their story. And as you know, my podcast is very much like, tell me a story. I'm just going to sit back and listen. Right. And I just want your story. Um, people really need to be vulnerable to share that. Yeah. And it's, um, I think that's why, you know, speaking to being ghosted, right? I would phrase it in my mind of, well, they weren't, you know, have compassion towards that person. They didn't show up to record with me because they're still working on going through that part of their story or that part of their journey. So be, oh, yeah. be compassionate to whatever they're experiencing. Absolutely. By the way, um, that was the first time I ever have been a guest on a podcast. So it was kind of a fun opportunity for me. But yeah, you just have to kind of dive in and not think about it sometimes. I know I was telling you some of my stories and how I um, generally don't dive in to things, but sometimes you just have to to get over a fear. Yeah, absolutely. And I, think then I told you my story about the needles, how I had been so afraid of needles for so many years that finally I just signed up for a research study and I just got stuck with like 15, you know, IVs and injections and there was even biopsies involved. And I went um, whole hog on that, which probably uh, <laughs> it wasn't exactly like baby steps, but um, it definitely got me over my fear. It's brilliant. <laughs> I think your story is so brilliant because you had this extreme fear. Well, first of all, even before that, you felt like such a brave girl, right? Because your dad was such like an adventurous person and your mom was so mm -hmm. outgoing and talkative that you felt brave. And then you go into the hospital that one day, you see a needle for the first time. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to, I can't do this. Right. <laughs> but then your, your kind of recipe is to jump feet first into it. It's like that girl who can do loop-de-loops in an airplane, right? You're going to just go to the extreme. And you actually became a guinea pig for science, which is so wild. I feel like <laughs> people don't, most people don't do that. You know, it's like, uh, paid the bills. Yeah, I guess it, it, it had two, uh, two benefits. One, it got you over your fear to, and, uh, two, it, it paid you some money, which is cool. But then the other thing that you mentioned, which I think is really fascinating is once you faced your first fear like that, then you began to ask, well, what are my other fears? And you made a list of fears. And you actually mm -hmm. started knocking those off one by one. So what an amazing, it's kind mm -hmm. of like, I feel like we need that first experience to challenge the idea that this fear is holding me back. And once you do one, you see, I can climb this mountain. What other mountains are up there that I can climb next? And it just leads you on this wonderful life journey from one mountaintop to the next. 
you know, and it's kind of sad when we get caught and maybe look back in life and we maybe had never even attempted to scale that first mountain, you know? And the right. fact that you were willing to just say, oh, wow, you took it, I think you said 26 years old, you signed up for science, right? And you knocked it out. And then you spent, you know, the rest of your years right away, just jumping in. What's my next fear? What's my next fear? And I think that's really cool to have that kind of tenacity to take on and, and just live a greater life that way. It definitely gave me um, some strategies, I guess, for, you know, because those were things that I still had control over. I made the decision to sign up for this. You know, I had to go through that brain battle. Um, but now, you know, I'm a mom. I've got kids. You know, we've had to do a lot of things. And I think it just kind of gives you, like, some strategies to deal with things as you face them, maybe even the unexpected ones. So like, well, I've lived through the other things before. I guess I'm going to make it through this as well. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about your background. Uh, so you said you've been working from home only during the pandemic. What was happening before that? So pre-pandemic, I worked from a co-working space, which was really cool. It was WeWork. Um, and, mm -hmm. and it was a really amazing environment to work in um, because you are around so many other creative, interesting people who are building their dreams, building their companies. So it was small scale, um, you know, kind of. So like a shared, a shared, like you, did you pay rent to have like a, a desk or just. Yeah. So I paid, in? nope, I paid rent and actually had a permanent desk um, office mm -hmm. set up. Um, and then the shared parts you have, you know, like a kitchen and coffee and, and kind of a private office room, um, that you could book and go into the office with whiteboards and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, mm -hmm. the WeWork experience for anyone that had it, um, was when it first launched a really, you know, they made a really cool environment. They would have like They'd bring in lunches and, and all the different people would come and have like Taco Tuesday or something together and just you just meet people and share ideas and so many uh, so much of the time you would meet other people that are working on cool things and kind of be able to help you out because you're trying to figure out how to do something. So it became like a really Was it kind of like a maker space. Like yeah. People were there to collaborate. Oh, um, not necessarily, but I would say that's just like kind of one of the beneficial things of when you can get into an area with a lot of creative people. You're all working on your own companies, but you have an opportunity to kind of cross pollinate on ideas. Right. Throw things out and just be like, hey, I need some feedback here. Yeah. And so we have a place that's about a mile from us. And literally the first week of March, I was in and out of there several times looking at um, using their conference rooms. I wanted to conduct focus groups. Uh, for some market research and just kind of getting some ideas about what people who work from home might need. And since, you know, I have a small house with, you know, uh, and I wanted to bring in like 12 or 15 people at a time, I was, um, or eight to 15 people, I was looking at their big conference tables and it was a really good price. Like you could, I think I could have rented, um, I could have signed up for like, say, 20 hours a month and I could either just sit at their desk you know, there are open drop-in spots, or I could reserve the conference room. And that's what I was planning on doing. And I was literally going to start reserving those rooms like the week of the pandemic. So it never came to fruition. So how is that makerspace working now? Yeah. So it, it's the same for me. So I, when the pandemic hit, and so that's the, that's the drawback of the collaborative space 
um, office, right? There's yeah. people from all over the world traveling in and out of these mm-hmm. office spaces, right? And people literally would use these um, collaborative offices as like hubs, right? So people would fly in from China or from the East Coast, mm-hmm. like New York, and they would have like a satellite little office, but their main headquarters mm-hmm. is back in New York, right? And so really quickly, I was like, I am dropping. And it just, and the sad thing- hit hard. Yeah, the sad thing is, is I, I had had a member with them for six years and then I asked them hey will you pause my membership while this pandemic is happening and they said no we're going to keep charging you month to month and it was like a really insane bad break it was like a bad breakup with a long time relationship um, which was sad for me because I had Mm -hmm. loved the company so much but fascinating articles or um, if you just like Google, I think uh, people have created podcasts all around just the implosion of this company that was like a billion dollar company and just watch them melt down to nothing is a fascinating. um, Do you think that it's all of them though? Because I know there's like the Regis spaces and stuff like that too, where people can rent, you know, it's kind of like the Airbnb of office spaces. I'm assuming that entire industry has been hit. But I actually did listen to a podcast the other day that said in some ways that industry, I mean, I guess it just depends on how they handle it. Because in some ways, people that have had these long-term agreements, a lot of times office spaces rent their space for 10 years. These contracts are long contracts. And so now some of these companies are starting to say, hey, we're going to make this a more um, flexible office space rather than like a contract with one company. So it probably just depends on how you handle it. Yeah. So in WeWork's case, their problem was you could think of them like Starbucks where they uh, pre-pandemic, their business plan was to buy up so much land, so much space. And so they themselves overextended and owed. Overcommitted. They overcommitted and they were signing those 50-year you know, or, you know, 20 year contracts with these buildings in like amazing locations. So the rent that they Mm -hmm. got left holding the bag on was way more than what they were taking in when everybody was a mass exodus. Right. So they're sitting there, they still have to pay rent. Although the thing that was so crazy is I found out that they stopped paying their rent to their landlords, but yet they Mm -hmm. were trying to charge me rent, demand it, demand my Uh rent. And so it just, they 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 got kind of lost along their way on their mission of you know building community and how to how to treat people especially during a pandemic how we treat each other mm-hmm. um yeah. really is going to be a tell i think and have longer lasting impacts um so i'm curious how you ended up um choosing to work in a space like that versus like a home office and then how are you feeling right now now that you've been working from home are you feeling like as soon as i can i gotta get back to another shared space like that or are you thinking hey i can maybe do this long term what's so fascinating is i had worked at WeWork for so many years um and really loved it but what if i reflect back now on my last year there um i was ready for a change of office space and I wasn't loving it. And it really gave me an opportunity um, to set up a home office space that feels really good. And right now, I absolutely love my home office space. Um, mm-hmm. Are you in it right now? I'm in it right now. Um, and okay. just the natural light that comes out. And I mm-hmm. have the benefit. I have like a beautiful patio, like door that opens up that goes out into a beautiful patio. Um, mm-hmm. So it's incredible. I mean... You can't hear it right now. Unfortunately, 
there's construction that in the last week just started across the street and we'll see how long that lasts uh, because there's only so much jackhammering I think I'll be able to take each day. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> Especially when you're trying to record a podcast every day. Do they do they jackhammer at specific times of the day? Have you been able to find a pattern? Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's been starting early and going throughout the day. Um, oh, so, boy. yeah, we'll, we'll have to see how that's going to but like it goes back to this there's some aspects of home office that you know maybe it would happen in a maybe in a normal office you could be more right uh you know uh, protected by some of the elements of what's going on or right it could outside. happen there too or it could happen there <laughs> too you just don't know yeah yeah so i wow. i guess the biggest so thing is community um that i'll miss um of having that kind of serendipitous opportunity to just be meeting all kinds of amazing people. And I think what I will do is eventually go back to some of that, I, I, a blended model with back into mm -hmm. a shared space like that, but maybe at like a reduced kind of package right. with them. Two or three days a week or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Have you been able to keep in touch with any of the people that you were, you know, office mates with there? Y yeah. So, um, and I have a big part of my life now is surfing. I, I surf as much as possible, you know, like a little oh, right. bit. Oh, right. You're day. in LA. I'm in Los Angeles. So for me, surfing. Okay. When I, th when I think surfing, I think of like surfing the internet, but you mean like literally surfing. Literally surfing. And I owe that to a group of guys that I met at that office, right? Where they were like, we all want to learn to surf. Let's go together. And so there was a group of guys that we all started learning to surf together. Um, and it was yeah. such a fun, awesome experience. And I still keep in touch with a bunch of those guys. And, um, oh, good. yeah. And so, uh, and one of, one of my other friends that I was in the office with, actually, he's been doing a podcast now for a long time, uh, with incredible mm -hmm. people. And I was just on his podcast yesterday. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just meet all kinds of incredible people and had the fortune of staying in touch with them. So the team that you were working with to develop CallCast, now were they people that you knew in person in real life face-to-face -face, or were they people that you were collaborating with virtually? So it's both. Um, I So pre-CallCast, I've always been in app development and product development. Um, and so this was um, part of my team that we were doing apps. And I still do uh, apps for other people um, on the side just to bring in some extra money. So, um, it's, it's basically my team, which is a distributed team. People work from all over. Um, but mm -hmm. we've also grown since the pandemic and I have more people who have worked and it's just always being kind of a distributed team, um, where we're in the U S and abroad all over. Um, it's made, it's kind of just, we've always used the tools for, collaborative work but not needing to be in the same office space together so right. it just kind of was part of how we always worked what is your role in this team are you more of a overseer manager of this or are you in the nitty-gritty day-to-day work so i'm doing more uh, project management overseeing um just, you know anything and everything that might need some work uh, i'll also hop in it's just kind of being the founder of the product, um, I need mm -hmm. to kind of do a little of everything at all times. So it's just if testing needs to be get done, I'll be in there testing things out. If it's 
mm-hmm. you know, sales and reaching out with clients or even, you know, I'm, I'm doing free workshops with people when they want to learn how to use the app. I'll get on a Zoom call and take them through just how to use the entire experiences. Whatever needs to get done, I'll, I'll be working on that piece. About how many hours a week are you usually putting in in this kind of work from home stuff that you're doing right now? Um, it's, it's kind of a bizarre schedule, um, because on one hand it's, I I take time for myself, right? Like I need to go into the ocean and surf, right? I need to, Uh um, you know, read a book that has nothing to do with being a founder or whatever, but on, yeah, work. (laughs) But on the other hand, you know, it's like the other day, uh, my phone buzzes and somebody's on my website reaching out to me through those little chat bubbles that pop up on your website. Like, Hey, I'm yeah. trying to figure out how to do X, Y, or Z. So it's like two in the morning and I'm on with that person. Like, Hey, here's, let me help you. Here's how we can do it. Right. And Ooh. it just so happened that I was able to, but I love that. Right. I love being able to yeah. be there anytime someone needs help and I see it, mm-hmm. I'm going to be there to help you. Right. Anytime. If you were like, Hey, I want to hop on a zoom call or whatever. I'm good. If I'm, if I'm in front of my computer or whatever, it doesn't matter what time of day it is. I'm going to do it because I love the idea of helping somebody through their journey of, you know, when it comes to podcasting or storytelling or whatever, like I want to support Mm -hmm. you through that. And I find that to be a magical experience for me. It's rewarding. So for me, when you talk on call 24 seven, yeah, I think of myself on call for 24 seven with the caveat of, I know how important it is to do the things that recharge your batteries, like going for a walk on the beach or getting down to the ocean or, you know, walking my dogs. And just, um, one thing I have noticed is I've hit a point, um, where I am getting kind of these migraines, I think, from staring at my screens too long, you know, like mm-hmm. too much time in mm-hmm. front of the screens. And it be, it's become a reminder that I need to break away a little more from these screens mm-hmm. because um, I, I just know it's from, you know, holding my phone like this close to my face for the amount of hours or staring into this right. monitor for so many hours. I feel the toll finally starting to add up. I know a lot of people when they move home, it usually takes a few months before they start to have those um, aches and pains really get prominent, the headaches and things. A lot of times, from my experience at least, I think it usually comes from a different ergonomic setup. Uh, when you were working at the WeWork space, was it um, their desk or their chair? Did you change or did you bring your own stuff? Did you bring anything home? What are you set up like right now? Yeah, I mean, I have the exact same setup that I had there. Um, so I, I, mm-hmm. I built, um, because I would work there and then I'd come home and I'd work all night here. Right. So it's just like, I would be uh-huh. on when I was in like the, the main building aspects of the app. Now it's a lot of just smaller, um, upkeep and, and, you know, working on features a little slower and just kind of more, um, less of the heavy, heavy building from the early days. But back then it was mm-hmm. 24, you know, around the clocks. I'd be up all night, all day there, all night here. So I'd have the same setup there that I have here um, and replicated that. When so. you're doing your um, interviews using your phone, are you using a headset with earbuds or are you holding your your phone with your ear um, to your shoulder? I actually do mine on my side through speakerphone. I don't recommend other okay. people doing it through speaker, but I, I just kind of hold my phone with the speaker right up and just talk directly into the speaker. And I just get close enough 
that I know that my voice is going right into the mic. Right. Yeah. I, um, I've had kind of hit and miss experience with, with speakerphone. So I know, um, I use earbuds usually, and I also got like, um, a dongle or whatever you call it, a little thing that I can't even use my USB headset with my phone, with my iPhone, but it requires buying a lot of different kinds of connections. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I was going to say, I listen to my guests right when they talk, come on. I'm always asking them like, hey, can you hear me okay? I'm trying to, you know, and I gauge them. And many yeah. people that when they're on speaker, I hear it. And so I ask them to take it off speaker just to get it, yeah. make sure they get a little more crisp. Right. Yes. I wanted to talk a little bit about your transition uh, working from home. So did you say that you already had an office set up at your home or did you have to... Uh, do anything to change things from when you went from going into the office every day to going into your home office? Yeah. So I had a desk um, kind of office that I would come home to. It wasn't really office office. It was just kind of desk area, but nothing. Um, I, I wasn't thinking about, you know, organizing it or making it nice specifically with kind of like zoom like calls or, or, you know, when we do our, our, um, uh, you know, with my team kind of zoom meeting standups, we call them where everyone gets on a mm -hmm. call and we kind of, uh, start to make sure we're all on the same page. Um, I never really, you know, I, I never gave any kind of thought to how the room was going to be set up or structured or anything like that. And so I did a total, it gave me an opportunity to kind of re, uh, rearrange the office space room and for the aesthetics. <laughs> Yeah, just and if you're going to be now sitting there a lot longer, like make sure it's a place that you're comfortable in, right? Like make mm -hmm. sure it's something that you feel good sitting in and, and spending time in. So I feel very blessed to have the um, the kind of room and office space that I have. That being said, it's a lofty area, so my poor wife has to, um, you know, when I'm on, like, oh, I'm about to do a podcast call, then she's like, okay, I'll turn off the radio, or you know, yeah. So there's there's some yep. uh, give and take there. Um, that are you like in more of a high traffic area in your home where you're set up now? Traffic as in outside? No, as in like inside. Like, is this like right in your like kitchen, living room, dining room area? Or uh, are I you sit, like off I, in the bedroom? I sit, no, I sit. The office is like a loft that sits a uh, multi-story that sits above a kitchen oh, living room so or whatever open air to the rest of the open air to the rest of the house yeah yeah got it so it... Uh, and you mentioned dogs <laughs> i bet they like having you home three puppies which i love um yeah and i don't mind so for me if i'm doing a podcast personally and they bark it's just i've kind of it's part of you know the soundscape of the world and it's just kind of <laughs> one of those things that i accept and mm -hmm. um I'm I'm learning to become less and less of a perfectionist and worry about those elements and embrace it as just kind of like this is part of the fabric that makes for you know the world and the place it is and just accepting. I feel like the things. tolerance for all of that has really gotten better with so many people having now experienced working from home. You know, a lot of people are saying, "Oh my, um, the executives in my company are now." Um, in t-shirts and they've got their kids running around and now they feel the pain, you know, where a lot of times they, you know, they weren't as compassionate about that lifestyle. And I think at least maybe going forward, people will just be a little bit more tolerant of, you know, kids, I've got three kids and I never know when my daughter's just going to like walk in. 
Yeah, I was um I was in a meeting the other day with a client who um wants to build an app and we were doing a discovery call and her kids kept coming in the room and she was so apologetic and feeling so bad because her kids desperately wanted her attention. Um, and mm -hmm. she just kept profusely apologizing. And I don't, I was like thoroughly was totally cool with her kids coming in because I don't have kids. So for me, I just see it as like um, a really sweet experience to have, you know, to have mm -hmm. that and to see this kid who really wants you know, mom, look what I'm looking on, on, on my phone. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> you can't be in here. And it's like, Oh, don't worry about right. it. To me, it's just, you know, it's, it's life, right. It's not something to be embarrassed about or anything. like right. that. I know. Uh, I was, uh, was I, I think I was recording the other day. I was recording myself. Actually. I gave my story and sure enough, halfway through my daughter just comes on and, and she just ended me to like unbutton her dress or do something for her. And I just did that. And I'm like, okay, go on out and don't interrupt me again. And it took me a few minutes to like catch my train of thought. And like, I think I even like rewound a couple of minutes and like had to just kind of start over that whole paragraph that I was speaking in. But one thing that we've done in our family is just to give a little privacy for our family is I try to always make sure that I've got my back to a wall so that my family isn't like walking around behind me. My one daughter doesn't always uh, dress up to camera, camera ready. She's not always wearing all of the clothes that she should have. And so I kind of have it so that if she comes in, I can you know, give her a loving touch and just be like, okay, go on out now. Um, so she's not always on camera, but, um, yeah, I, like, again, I think that people will just be a lot more accepting of that sort of thing. And I think most of us are, I mean, there aren't very many circumstances where it would be like a train wreck if, if a dog barked, you know, it really isn't that big of a deal. I, I know that, um, you know, there's always things that you can do to prevent that, you know, but, is it really necessary all of the time? It's not very many times that it's really, that it really matters. I actually love so, that a lot. I love that we're becoming yeah. more to tolerant of yeah. these things and finding less stress. I feel like so much of the world, when it came to work and working from home and stuff, we'd put way more stresses on ourselves than we needed to be. And it's true with right. all the kind of things we do in life. So I, I was talking about how I was doing some market research earlier on in the year about um, working from home and things like that. And it's kind of funny, you know, that we did this uh, interview yesterday about fears. And that's actually one of the questions that I almost always was asking people. Um, you know, I would say, did you have any challenges when you started working from home? Um, what are some of your current frustrations now? But then there was a stinger question, and it's, what are your fears about working from home? And people would almost always say, oh, I don't have any fears about working from home. And then they'd pause and then they would think of something. And it was a little bit amazing to me to watch that thought process happening in almost every single person. And usually they would say, I'm afraid that I won't be able to work from home going forward, that someone will take this away from me. So now that you've experienced this for six months, you know, what about you? Did you feel like you had any fears related to actually working from home or is it all just hunky-dory? Great. My thing was the community aspect, right? Like missing the connection of, yeah. you know, being like that, that experience, you know, like uh, one of the greatest things for me now has been surfing and getting into the ocean. And I would never have mm -hmm. had that happen in my life if it wasn't for those group of guys at the office kind of doing those things. Yeah. Right. So I yeah. feel like um, it kind of goes back to the, a testament to your own mom, who's willing to go 
talk to anyone. You know, you said she'd be in a grocery store line or whatever, and she'll just are at the bank and I, hey, how you doing? Right, talk to anybody. And I feel like Literally. when you put yourself out into the world, you open yourself up to have those kinds of interactions. But when we hide away in our home offices and never leave. Uh, and shelter ourselves off, we kind of really close ourselves off from those serendipitous moments of meeting other people or just ha being open to having those experiences. That being said, on the flip side, like for me, um, home office also, I, I'm always worried, like, am I doing enough? Am I working hard enough? Am I getting enough done? And it's always mm -hmm. no, right? And it's like, should I be working harder? Should I be working more? kind of situation and not having that a clear gauge on that right um mm -hmm. because time just feels weird when you're working from home and you're living at home it just kind of blends into a weird thing something that you definitely you know grow into and adapt to uh, a lot of people they will select a portion of their home to be their workspace and then basically when it's the work day they'll go in and when the work day is done they'll leave other people have their workspace in the middle of the kitchen you know where they kind of always feel like that laptop is beckoning to them to to come and do something um when you can actually close the door i'm in a closet i don't know if i mentioned this <laughs> but i'm in like a little uh small walk-in closet and the cool thing is that i can close the door so when i have my weekend now i didn't always have weekends but now when i have a weekend um I can close it or I have to look at it for two days. It's great. Did you set it up with acoustics and, and put uh, like sound stuff on the walls or? You know what? I bought that stuff and I haven't put it up. <laughs> and part of it is because I already have so much stuff in here. We did remove the clothing. Uh, we built two wardrobes from Ikea into our, our uh, bedroom. Our bedroom was not huge, but it was big enough to accommodate two side-by-side -side wardrobes. They're really tall so they can hold a lot. But I'm, I'm teaching English as a second language as like kind of my side gig right now. And I do have just a lot of like there's some books and there's a lot of like teaching materials. I use a lot of like physical props. It's actually just my kids toy collection that I rated. So I'd have like things to show I can, you know, hold up an ice cream cone. I can hold up a frog, you know, just all these different things I have in here. Um, and I guess I have enough of that that it kind of creates there's carpeting on the floor and there's just stuff all around that already has kind of created that sound buffer. But I bought like. $60 worth of foam. Um, and I just haven't felt like I really needed it. So I haven't bothered. Um, but I was going to say, uh, as far as you um, being at home and having to go through that change, kind of how cool is that, that you already had this podcast started and you're making all these connections with new people. You've already met over 200 people this year, you know, and had a conversation with them. Do you feel like that has kind of helped ease that pain of that transition of not having your day-to-day -day connection in the office? Yeah, I, I was I was telling someone the other day that um, for me, I feel very stressed. And then once my podcast happens, I feel less stressed uh, because uh -huh. one, I've met my goal, which is recording that day. But two, yeah. also, it's a very special experience when someone is willing to share their story with you and just to open up and tell you. And to me, having that connection where someone is just – really bearing there, you know, what I've been through in life and what I learned right. is a, is a beautiful moment. Um, and so for me became the best part of my day is to have, you know, and, and I, and I intentionally keep it short around that 20 minute mark. And if it runs a little longer, uh -huh. great, or a little shorter, great. Okay. 
I'm sure I went way longer than 20 minutes. <laughs> no, but, but, but to me, it's great. But to, that 20 minutes also is to just take some pressure off other people, right? Because if you're a guest, yeah. but you're, you're more shy and you don't, you know, feel like, oh my God, you know, I've had people like, I can't talk for 20 minutes. And I'm always like, mm -hmm. you'll be surprised at how fast the time goes by, you know? Yeah. It was very low pressure. Just however long you want, just go for it. And then I'll ask you a few questions to follow up. I really liked that approach. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. And it's been special. Just, you know, people sometimes worry about it more than they need to. And then they start talking and then it just becomes like a natural flow for them to just share their story. And to me, you're right. Like not having an office where I'm interacting with people, but having that podcast where people are still, um, and there's something about podcasting. And when you're asking those kind of questions, when people are really opening up and sharing their life, that's so much better than just the small talk you might get at the office with like, Hey, how's your day? Great, great. Okay. You know, and you walk past each True. other in the hallway, but to really have a deep conversation with somebody for at least 20 minutes each day is, you know, it's kind of like a therapeutic moment. Right. And it's not like you're just listening to people's sales pitch for 20 minutes. I know a lot of podcasts, you know, it's just... Oh, just tell me about what you do and what are you selling and, you know, go ahead and tell my audience what you're what you're trying. I mean, I know that that's a, an aspect of some of it, I know, but you are asking some, like I said, vulnerable questions, like talking about your fear is not something that people just normally go straight to. I don't normally just stand up and say, oh, by the way, I was really afraid of this thing. You know, that's not a part of our life or a personality that we're usually willing to present to other people. And like when you've just watched 200 people do it ahead of you, you can be like, I can do that too. Do you think that a lot of your guests are first time podcast guests? Yeah, my guest today was. Um, she, messaged, yeah. she messaged me after and she's like, oh my God, that was my first time. I was so nervous. But now I it loved my first it. Time yesterday. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was like, "Oh, can I do another? Do, do you do you do you want to do another one?" <laughs> and I had to say, <laughs> you know, you know, like, "I'm good." <laughs> I, I mean, I, I love it, and I love the enthusiasm. But for me, you know, my goal was one new person every day, right? So it's right, got to right. be somebody yeah. new that I have not spoken to. Um, but otherwise, so you're helping people overcome their fear. That's the beautiful thing. It's an opportunity for, and I think there is a lot of fear with you know. But but my hat is off to anybody, and I recommend it to anybody. If you're mm -hmm. listening, if you have never been on a podcast, I feel like it's one of those bucket list things that you should try at least once. You know, like there's so many yeah. podcasts out there now. Find a title of somebody recording something that resonates you, whether it's work from home or anything else, you know, like find a podcast where you're like, you know what, and just go on and, and do it as like a bucket list thing because yeah. it is it is a little nerve wracking at first, right? You're going to go talk to someone you don't know. You're going to get on a podcast. But it's also like rewarding and exhilarating and just kind of a cool moment in time. So I would suggest it's like it. your moment of fame. Well, I think both of us probably are pretty approachable in that way. I've had almost all of my guests so far have been first time. I think two people had been on podcasts before. Um, well, three, you would be my third, I think. Um, and then you too. So now all of you, uh, Adam is looking to find a new person every day till the end of the year. So <laughs> how can people find you if they want to record with you? Yeah, you can either go an easy way is callcast, just callcast.co. Send me a message. There'll be a little chat thing that pops up and just say, hey, I heard you have a podcast. I'd love to record with you. That's a super easy way. Um, or my email, my personal email is adam at callcast.co. Yeah, that's how we connected. So yeah, it was easy, easy peasy, not not too scary. Um we just chatted for a minute and then he told me, take a deep breath and we're going to uh, 
I'm going to mute myself and you can just talk for a while. And when you're done, then I'll ask a few questions. And it was really painless. Yeah. So if you have a story about fear and something you learned is what I've been exploring each, each day. So anyone with a fear and they feel like they learned something from facing their fear, please, please. I have, what is it? 76 more days until this year is done. It's really crazy. So um, the, I, can't, I can't believe this year has just gone by so fast. What are you going to do next year? I don't know. I was, I was wondering that. Um, my wife made me promise not to do something where I have to get other people to join me each day of the year. So 365. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe scale it back to like once or twice a week. I'm trying to maintain twice a week. I don't know if it's going to always happen. Um, it just depends. It would be nice if I could batch ahead and have like, you know, three or four in a ready to go at a time so that I don't have that pressure. But you have determined not to batch, right? <laughs> yeah, all mine is just um, live that day. I recorded new person. So I had to get really good at figuring out how to do scheduling and uh, just kind of that follow up to connect with people. How long for you did you know you wanted to create a podcast before you ended up actually um, doing it? It was over a year. <laughs> It was definitely over a year. And then I thought that I would definitely have it live by June 1st. And it finally went live in the middle of September. So um, too long. You know, I waited too long. I, I felt like I needed to have all these different things in place and, you know, know what I was doing. And and then when I finally just got to start, I think it definitely opens doors too. You know, like now that I've had a podcast, you found me, we were able to connect and then it makes it easier for me to be a guest. It makes it easier um, for other people to find me once it's already established. So it's just a matter of taking that first step. I wanted to wrap up with one last question. What have you learned about fear now that you've talked to over 200 and some people um, asking them these questions? Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Um in a couple different ways. One, I truly believe just like you, where when you challenged your fear of needles and then all of a sudden you found yourself making that list, right? And just check like, what else, you know, you began to ask yourself, what else am I capable of that I didn't think I was mm -hmm. capable of? And that's a powerful thing. So for me to now look back, um, I remember how daunting it kind of felt when I made that commitment right? I'm going to do one new person every day. And it was like, oh my God, like I, month one, I've already had so many people flake on me. Month one is, oh my God, this can be so stressful. If I haven't found a guest and it's getting to be 11 PM, how am I going to, uh. you know, and it's also my, my challenge is record and publish that same day. So it's live Ooh. for the person. So it's the whole thing, right? So there's just a lot of pressure the late it gets. So now I feel like it is one of those things where I am like, well, what else am I afraid of? What else has been holding me back? Cause I want to mm -hmm. do that. And the other thing that I find so fascinating is I'm seeing these threads that weave all these stories together of all the different people that I'm talking about. There's just kind of elements that sort people, their stories kind of have the same elements, no matter what that, you know, they fall into, um, these kind of categories with each other. And one of the things so, so much of the time is when people start saying something out loud, then they hold themselves accountable. So if my fear has always been something and I tell somebody about it, then I'm more likely to, you know, challenge my fear or take it on, or it becomes less scary. 
And just right. like, I'm starting to see these like just kind of threads from all these people. Um, and even in your, in your case, you know, when people have taken on their fear, it makes them more courageous to keep taking on other fears and they keep propelling right. themselves forward. I'm seeing those same patterns amongst all these people that I'm talking to. So it's a really cool thing. For me, it was, you know, I tackled several different things. I, I kind of was looking at the things, not only that I felt afraid about, but also the ones that I just avoided or things that I had a aversion to. But why? Why do I have an aversion to that thing? Do I really not like the taste of mushrooms? You know, and I took a bite of a mushroom one day. I had my cousins watching me. They were cheering me on. I was like, yep, I seriously don't like them. But now I know. I I, I can't just say I, I think I don't like them. Now I know I don't like them. <laughs> See, you had your cousins cheering you on. See, that goes yep. to the point of when we tell other people. You told your cousins, mm -hmm. I hate mushrooms. Yep. Oh, you're going to try my Oh, no. And then you do it, right? Like when we involve yeah. other people. And that's why... You know, it might go back to working from home, but having community and having other people that we continuously connect with is such an important thing because then we become accountable to push ourselves forward and do these things. And once we do them, it becomes stories we can tell. It becomes adventure and stuff like that. So I love this. Thank you so much, Adam, for, for joining me today. I think we're going to have to wrap it up. But if anyone wants to find Adam, it's Adam with Callcast. Adam Weber with CallCast. You can reach out to him. I'll put the links to your uh, contact information in the show notes and everyone should be able to find you. April, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I really appreciate it. Yes, this is good stuff. All right. Well, this is April Malone with Yes, I Work From Home. You take care.